Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. This week is largely seen as crucial for European leaders as they work to make sure rising energy prices and short supplies do not further tank their struggling economies while keeping all 27 members united in their opposition to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Leading up to this week's key summit, the European Commission announced a set of new emergency measures, including seeking a price cap on a key gas trading hub if prices spike, aimed at helping members source and store enough gas for next year. This also comes amid calls from certain EU members who are pressing for a ninth round of sanctions against Russia. Efiku Tsokosta, the EU correspondent for Euronews and Sky TV, joins me to look at what's at stake this week in Brussels. Efi, welcome back on The Greek Current. It's a pleasure, Thanos. Efi, European leaders have described this week and the upcoming summit as Europe's week of truth. Will these next days really be hit or miss for the European Union? Look, it will certainly give a signal whether the EU is ready to give a united response or not when it comes to the energy crisis. During their previous meeting in Prague, beginning of October, most leaders were quite clear that they should come up with a common approach in order to be able to tackle the soaring energy prices this winter and start preparations for the next one, which could be even more challenging. There is no more time, as in November, the heating period starts in Europe. Differences and divisions over how far a joint proposal can go, especially when it comes to market interventions and gas price caps, uh, remain. But at least some progress has been made, and the EU Commission brought on the table a proposal which can be seen as a compromised approach for all. It is an energy mixture which includes measures touching the issues of demand reduction, security of supply and prices containment. There, a heated debate is expected, But expectations for an agreement this time are higher than before. Effie, you know, looking at that energy package that the EU Commission presented this week, it includes a temporary and dynamic price cap to bring soaring gas prices under control. What exactly is on the table here? Yes, the EU Commission actually is proposing a dynamic price cap to bring soaring prices under control, but only as a last resort measure to contain extreme speculation and volatility in the markets. It would be temporary and would apply to the transactions taking place at the Dutch title transfer facility, Europe's leading gas hub. The EU Commission's proposed price cap would not be permanently active, but rather triggered only when needed. That is when the price traded at the TTF exceeds the price set by the mechanism, which is not defined, by the way, within the Commission's proposal. It's something that probably... The leaders should mandate the Commission to decide following their meeting in Brussels. So the Commission also plans to separate cap to price uh, spikes of energy derivatives, the financial assets that companies use to secure energy supplies ahead of time. Now, in parallel to these two caps, the Commission will develop an alternative benchmark to this TTF that would be exclusively dedicated to the trading of liquefied natural gas, a highly flexible commodity that had allowed the bloc to offset some of the pipeline gas supplies that Russia has cut off. Besides this mechanism, the Commission also suggests additional measures that can help alleviate energy bills and secure enough supplies. It wants to establish a joint procurement scheme that would allow member states to buy gas as one single client and use their collective purchasing power to lower prices as well as a solidarity mechanism. These are the main elements of the Commission's proposal.
What's the sentiment in Brussels to this proposal? Is it viewed as going far enough considering the scope of the current crisis? Yeah, that's a good question. Now it's uh, the capital's turn to decide how far enough these measures go. Germany and the Netherlands, the hardliners that were more reluctant or opposed on a price cap, are said to be more happy than the four leading advocates of the gas price cap, Greece, Italy, Poland and Belgium, that wanted an EU-wide price cap on wholesale market. Uh, As we saw from the EU Council's president letter to the leaders, also the Iberian model, which does not exist for the moment in the Commission's proposal, a price cap on gas used for electricity, remains on the table. But there are a lot of questions there to be answered, and mainly, who is going to pay for that option, and how? So the leaders on Thursday need to give an answer, and this won't be easy. As Prime Minister Mitsotakis pointed out on Twitter, this package includes two proposals that Greece has been pushing for, the price correction mechanism at TTF and circuit breakers in energy derivative markets. Is this the latest example of how Greece has gone from essentially being a problem within the bloc to being a problem solver? Yeah, look, the era that Greece was a problem has passed since years. So I would say that for this time being, there are other member states seen as the big problem in the room and not Greece. Here what we see is that in an unprecedented crisis, Greece took the leading seat not just by demanding solutions from the others, but by bringing practical roadmaps by itself and being heard by the others. The important thing is that Greece managed to join forces with many other countries to manage to convince smaller and bigger member states and being able to make an alliance group with different countries, not only from the South, which means that even Germany, for example, which is opposed to these proposals, it cannot ignore a group which includes at least 15 smaller and bigger states. Being in Brussels for years, I think that this is among the few times that Greece had a quite effective strategy and method to push forward its proposals, and it worked. Not yet as much as probably they wanted, but a step has been made. Effie, the focus this week isn't just on energy. Commission President Ursula von der Leyen is also facing calls from some EU countries for a new round of sanctions against Russia. Is there enough momentum for another round of sanctions, or is Europe at its limit? I think there is a momentum, especially following the latest attacks by Russia to Ukraine. So there are already some measures proposed on the table which could include limiting imports of liquefied petroleum gas products and targeting more Russian banks, according to the hardliners of sanctions like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania and Poland. This eastern group hopes that there is enough momentum to begin work on the bloc's ninth sanctions package. So the meeting on Monday, the foreign ministers of the EU signaled openness to preparing a new sanctions package. In particular, as I said before, after the recent drone attacks in Ukraine. So uh, these are the measures, extra listings and tackling nuclear were also discussed, as well as closing loopholes and pressuring neighboring countries to comply with the EU sanctions. However, no concrete timing for the moment for an upcoming package was mentioned during the discussions. According to a diplomat from a country not involved in drafting the letter of the eastern countries, so predicted that a new round of sanctions would come in the end, sooner or later. I want to turn to another development. On Tuesday, EU lawmakers 
refused to endorse Frontex, the EU border agency's 2020 budget, over concerns about serious misconduct and human rights concerns. And this comes amid news that we've seen at the border between Greece and Turkey, where 92 migrants were found stripped naked. What's the broader significance of this decision? I guess it's in the substance of this decision, because the European Parliament, for the first time, refused to endorse Frontex's budget, following numerous reports of abuse under its previous leadership. So it was also linked to a report uh, of Olaf last week, was leaked and detailed how Frontex managers committed, as it says, serious misconduct and other irregularities in covering up pushback incidents. This is the illegal practice of forcing back migrants who have reached EU territory, whether on land or at sea, or failed to investigate them properly. So members of the Budgetary Control Committee of the European Parliament recommended earlier this month against clearing the 2020 budget for Frontex, citing actually the magnitude of the committed serious misconduct and possible structural problems under the previous executive director of the agency. They cite Croatia, Greece, Hungary, Italy, Lithuania, Malta, Poland, Slovenia and Spain as member states in which threats, physical violence, assault and abuse during detention or transportation have been observed. And I think this is the first time this is happening, which, you know, also challenges the existence of Frontex or its structure itself. Do you see this putting, you know, migration on the agenda once again this week for EU leaders? No, I wouldn't say so. The leaders have a lot in their plates this week. It's energy that I think that the whole Thursday will work on that. Economy, Russia, Ukraine, everything is on the plate. So I think migration will not be in their focus this week. But it's always in their focus. There are failed efforts of the EU actually to manage this crisis. And I think that this is something that the leaders will have to come up later with some proposals, but I don't see how they can really come up with a joint proposal that will really give an answer to this huge issue that actually we see very much developing in Greece. Effie, thanks for joining us again. Always great speaking with you. Thanks for having me. In other news, Turkey test-fired a short-range ballistic missile over the Black Sea on Tuesday to the surprise of military analysts regarding Ankara's intentions. The missile, dubbed Typhoon, was fired from a mobile platform near the port city of Rize, according to Turkish media outlets. Meanwhile, Turkish presidential spokesman Ibrahim Kalin called for the withdrawal of all military forces from the Greek islands and threatened that otherwise there would be consequences. Kalin claimed that in a conversation with U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, he told him that Greece is militarizing the islands with American weapons and reportedly made the total demilitarization of the Greek islands a condition for reducing tensions. Finally, a new era has begun for Athens' coastal front and for Attica, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said on Monday at the formal inauguration of the Elinikon investment project on the site of the former Athens airport. We are now turning toward the future, Mitsotakis said, adding that economic prosperity must proceed in step with social cohesion so that the benefit spreads to the entire Athens-Piraeus metropolitan area. Mitsotakis noted that the project will create wealth, over 70,000 new job openings, and provide an impetus to dozens of Greek production sectors. It will also provide a model of sustainable development for the entire region while preserving all antiquities, which will be incorporated into the park. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.